Draft Champions podcast episode no, three. Oh my gosh. With Mike Curland. Um, no. Sure. We're sort of doing a roundtable <laughs> discussion here again, and we're going to um, quickly just put a quickly recap going through um, uh, main event draft that I was in from last year, and we we're going through um, the first couple picks, and I'll just recap okay. it. Uh, no, we're not recapping. I refuse to recap it. There was a lot of information there. Honestly, go back on Twitter, at your Twitter, at Draft Champion, at Draft Cha- Champagne, or at Mike underscore Curlin. Watch the video for about 10 minutes. It's worth it. There's good analysis, and we can move forward. Let's keep going, because I'm not recapping 10 minutes worth of stuff. We're not going to recap all of it. Knows- just recap the, the fucking picks. Oh, so Tatis, Ozzy Albies. I had the eighth spot. I, had Tatis, I took Tatis, and I was complimenting myself on how big of balls I had to take Tatis overall, eighth overall. And then um, I had um, Ozzy Albies, which was a Boston second round. And then I had Castillo. And then I rounded out some of the other good picks I had, which were Lance Lynn um, in the sixth, Voight in the 16th, and Kyle Lewis, like 21. But then we started going through all my bad picks. We talked about Vladdy for a bit, and Vladdy was a bad pick in the fifth round. Uh, as Mike told me, and then now we're on to um, we're, now we're I mean, what we were just talking about before when I start when I realized that we weren't recording was um, Mondesi. It, we just finished up talking about Mondesi and how he's going to be very volatile. And we were talking about all the busts in the second and third round, so just like hitting on guys like Bieber in the second round were so important um, because uh, you avoided a lot of those landmines. There's so many in that second and third round area, like those second basemen, and you were talking about Mondesi. And now that we've got the quick recap in, I, I promise you go back and listen to it for more in-depth analysis and discussion because we're not repeating another ten minutes of that. So let's move on from Mondesi, huh? Uh, what what are you? Where are you? So where are you at, at Mondesi now? You want me to? Ret- I get turn it around. Actually, you know what? No, you already mentioned how you have to reassess that situation. But what are your thoughts on Hira? Because I got a lot of flack when I kind of put it out there. I'm I'm willing to take Cronenworth over Hira, and maybe I was a little maybe it was a little hyperbolic when I said that or something, but. I don't know. It's like he looks terrible this year. I, I know I probably couldn't do that, but I don't have to. That's the thing. You don't have to. Cronenworth's going to fall like probably five or six rounds later. But I don't want any unless Hira comes into spring training, showing an improved something or changing something in his mechanics or something that he could just that you can just hold on to. Like maybe this will work. I can't like. He got exploited. He overperformed in 2019, came into 2020, had a really hard time dealing with balls up in the zone, had a hard time hitting fastballs as a whole, and had just had a hard time. Like, if he hit the ball, it went a, far, it went a long way, but it was, like, so many – like, the strikeouts, we're talking 30% or worse each of the last two years now. Like, what are we really expecting out of uh, Hira at this point? Like, where like, – I guess you can't really expect a good batting average. You can't bank on that. But I think you can bank yeah. on um, – Ten stolen, at least ten stolen bases across the whole year. People keep saying that. I just don't understand. Like I was looking, at, I I gotta find, I can't find that now. It was in a stream, a, a big Twitter thread. But people just assume ten stolen bases, and I get it. I, it makes sense. His sprint speed is fifty fifth percentile, so it's not, and it's not all about sprint speed. It's also about it being a skill set of his. But the problem is, is it's not a great skill set because I was trying to do. I can't. I'm gonna have to do the math on the fly. But let's just say his, his success rate was like 70 percent one time in the last three years. Every time it's been like 60 percent or less, I believe. So it's not even like a, a strong. It's not even like an asset when you look at his uh, stolen base, like his uh, success rate. It's not even an asset. It's not something he goes out and is actively good at. It's just something that he's been. It's it's opportunistic due to, um, I think the team context. So yes, he'll get. He might get you 10, but. Are we sure he, this is going to be like, unless he fixes the the holes in the swing? Are we sure this isn't a, 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 an Odor 2.0 potentially? Oh, I don't think that's Odor is. Um, a spe- think, what does Odor give you? 
Hey, but I want, I want to pull something up right now. Get Rugi and uh, let's look at Odor and let's look at uh, here. Okay, let's just look at numbers. Okay. So we'll look, we'll look at 2019 a little better. So we'll look at 20. I mean, they're similar. 2019, 2020, whatever. 2019 is like more of like the what I'm picturing for here, possibly, or even 2018. But you're giving I'm, so 2019, whatever. 2019 Odor, 30.6 percent strikeout rate, 9 percent walk rate, 30 home runs, 11 stolen bases, but he hit 205. Right. Hira. And 2020, which is not again, it's not fair. So because I'm looking at 2019 versus 2020, but it's just that's the skill set that comes to mind because 30, 30 percent, like you know, above 30 percent strikeout rate, actually a worse walk rate, hit 212 with 13 home runs and three stolen bases. But my point is, is I'm, what I'm getting at is if he sustains this issue with striking out, the issue with making contact, I don't think the batting average would be 205. But he hit for 212 this year. I think he, I mean, the floor is like a 215, 220 batting average, obviously, if nothing gets fixed. But that skill set is there. That power speed combo. Is how there. many how many stolen bases do you think uh, do you expect Juan Soto to have? No, that's that's different. Go look at his success rate though. Juan Soto actually does. Look, um, look at what I look, like look at this look at the screen I have right up right now. I know, I know. His sprint speed is thirty third percentile. That's why I went beyond the percentile and go look at the success rate. Yeah. Soto is very successful on the base pass. He also faces a lot of the. I think the Mets as a whole are not a good team at holding runners on, so he gets that advantage of facing a team that isn't good at doing that. But there is more. No, I agree. Sprint speed is not the end all be all, but again, I would look at success rate as an indication of of it being a good skill or I not. I also is think that, that sprint speed is not an overall indication of how fast you are because what the, how they work that is. I think they take just uh, the the top seventy five percent of your sprints to first base. Well, that's why um, that's why ninety foot sprint speed is actually more accurate. Yeah, for sure. There was somebody who put out an article about it. Yeah, I agree with that. So I didn't read the article. But I, agree. I already agree with it without knowing much about what it says. But because of that, it's like without um, without even looking, I haven't. I honestly haven't looked at the ninety foot the ninety foot uh, splits, or whatever. But I'm sure they're not much better or worse. You know, that's why I kind of go to the uh, the sprint speed metric because it's just an easier, quicker like point but going to going back to here if you look at a success rate so let's see in 2018 he stole 18 stolen bases right so but he had a total in 2018 oh sorry no in 2018 he had 15 stolen bases but then he got caught stealing 11 times so 15 plus 11 is 26 so 15 divided by 26 that's a 57 percent success rate 58 percent okay cool 2019 his big year right he came up did good things he had um 16, 21, so 16 divided by 21, it was like a 76% success rate. So you would call that really good. And then this year, it was back to being low again. Small sample like size. Back to, yeah, small sample, but he got caught almost 50% of the time. He had three stone bases, two caught stealing. Which one is the outlaw? I don't know. Like, that's so why. shitty, though. Like, they, 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 I know, but they, 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 they go back to 2017. Do you think the change in their batting order composition had anything to do with that? Maybe. It's stretch. But like, I'm just saying that so, so far... If it, Going back to 2017, again, another small sample, but he was two for four, so another 50%. My point is, is he had one year above 60%, let alone, and barely, you know, I mean, he had 50%, it's been 55 or less pretty much every year. And I know there's only been one other year that's been a good sample size, so which one is he? I'm still leaning more towards, like, and again, that's very much Odor-like. Or Odor offers that same, like, sure, he gets you stone bases, but he's not very successful. How long is that green light going to be there? How long is he going to have a job? Well, Odor is different. I'm talking about. Yeah, um, I'm at this point talking about uh, Hero, which I'm not. Deba- I know the playing time is going to be there. I know the upside's there, but how much like the floor is Odor? 
and that is useful, but it can be a huge drag on your batting average and completely check you out of a stat, and you have to pay far more for an Odor for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Odor was never a top 100 pick, but we're looking at a player who literally put up an Odor-like was season. He? I thought he was and, uh, and at one point. Was he? Maybe it's been a couple of years. That's why I'm kind of Pretty like... Pretty sure he would have been a top 100 pick at some point. Um, probably coming off his. Let me. See, I had his stats up. I moved them all. Moved off him. Yeah, doesn't matter. But I don't think anyone needs to talk about Rudin Rodor. You sure? Yeah, he's garbage. No one needs to know about him. But he's, he's, but, he, he headlines my do not touch list. Even I, what, where is oh, he going? Yeah, is he like going in the four hundreds now? I don't know. In, in twenty sixteen, he put up a two seventy one average with a thirty three home run, uh, thirty three home runs and fourteen stolen bases. In twenty eighteen, eighteen and twelve, two fifty three. So probably two seasons. He, he burned people. It was like every other season. He basically burned people. Yeah, probably. Anyway, I got, the following I got year, that terrible of um, like uh, on base skill set. I, I can't even draft in non OBP leagues at all. Like just he's just so bad. Well, then go go look at go look at Hira. I mean, in the minor leagues, he had fantastic numbers. So you're banking on that. And I do think he's better than than he's been. But the problem is, is he has yet to hit. And we're talking now probably a f- almost a full complement of games, a full season, over a full season. He's hit, he has yet to go under a 30, a 30% strikeout yeah, that's, rate. that's bad. Like, I saw somebody, post, somebody that, posted something about that on Twitter. That he, like, he's only second to Sano in strikeout rate over the last little while. Or, yeah. Yeah, and look at Sano. Sano is a home runner bust guy. I think the appeal is the position eligibility of his and the stolen bases that we – I'm not sold. I mean, I think he'll get them. That's the problem. Is like I think he'll get them, but there's a chance that he gets that red light. If I, At least I think there's a chance he gets a red light considering his success rate if, if he doesn't improve on how successful he is on his attempts. Okay, I'm looking at our because I, I, drafts. Um, speaking of Hira, he went in the sixth round in the first draft that we might look at after, and then he went in the – also the sixth round. Um, beginning of the six, um, like the five six turn, um, our buddy Brian okay. took him um, in the in the first I'm, draft I'm, or the, sorry, the second I'm not draft. I'm not taking him there. So I'm not taking him there. He's a six round player. Oh. So you, you you like him in the sixth round? No, no, no. <laughs> I just can't. I don't think. So I don't either. know. Like, let, let me go back to let me pull up that draft and see who was taken around him. The second, I'd rather have Cattell Marte. Yeah, so would I. Stanton is too early for me. I don't trust the health. I understand the upside. Vladdy, I could probably take over here because first base is actually worse than second base. I didn't think I'd ever say those words. Yeah. Ketel Marte is actually second base eligible this year, so I'd rather have Marte as well. Myers, I think I'd rather have. J.D. Martinez, I'd rather I bank on the bounce back before I bank on Hero's bounce back because at least with Hero, there was, there was a lot more red flags. Martinez, he was straight up telling me, hey, look, I – can't see like he's a big on reviewing tape and such and he just didn't have that i think that was he was one of those guys him and i'm more i think we're speculating yelich might have been one of those guys too and Baez. so like that's a big deal so maybe they get that stuff back but it's like like i'm looking i understand this range because charlie blackman paul goldschmidt i'm they're kind of old and aging out i'm a little worried about them as well maybe because this is a 15 team where i can understand i honestly can understand it in this range i guess the more i look at it so i guess he does belong there i just don't know if i'm going to end up with him yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I usually want to get a guy off a second baseman before that. Like, okay, so yeah, uh, Biggio or Hira uh, is that an easy decision for you? Yeah, Biggio and Brandon Lau over here yeah. at this because point B- for Biggio, sure. I t- I, got, I grabbed Biggio in both these drafts. I didn't, I didn't, uh, like I I, dra- I grabbed him early. Uh, comfortable drafting him any earlier than I did, but he has second, yeah. third, and outfield eligibility in NFBC this year, which is Perfect. which is very important. That's huge. Uh, and that's the thing, we're, we're focusing on 15-teamers, so 
keeping that in mind, I understand he and especially with an overall aspect, I understand the appeal to Hero. But if Hero put up an Odor like season where yeah, he got you the home runs and steals, but if you don't have the batting average, you're sinking your team in one stat. I, one I, I don't see him having a, a a floor as low as Odor does. Do you? He he showed us it this year, but it was only sixty games, so yeah, it's not fair. I, I don't. But when you have a 30% strikeout rate, the floor is as bad as Odor's. Okay. <laughs> that's like, that's, yeah, give me that, right? Like, a 30% strikeout rate is not a sexy floor. No. And he's done it for two straight years. He just overproduced while doing it in 2019. Floor sexy? If you look at. Ever? Huh? Floors ever sexy? Um, when you look at DJ LeMahieu, they are. <laughs> All right. No, let's let's get. I want to. I want to. Um, I want to get back to the main event draft and just sort of knock that out yeah. before we go into into twenty twenty one. So we 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 went we went through my team. I think for a lot of sort it, of. Right? Um, we didn't talk about we didn't talk about Sano, Bell, and Garver. Oh yeah, so I, they oh, yeah, all. So you want to talk about all my terrible picks because I was focusing on my good picks. So um, well, I just I, I picked out them because it was I understood Garver and I think Garver just I think he's going to be a value yeah, in twenty twenty one. The problem the is we're back up. All right, I'm looking at it. So Garver, you got in the 11th round. That's fine. You got Garver in the 11th round, and I understand that because he was pretty much like a consensus top four catcher. And if you look at everything here, I'm going to pull up. I wrote up. I'm writing up catchers right now, so I have my. I have to find it, but I my bad picks. So this is this is sort of like I had, I had, we went through my good picks, which were Tatis, Voigt, um, Kyle Lewis, Lance Lynn. I got Daniel Hudson. It got me a lot of saves in the 17th round. But now my bad picks, like I. This is why I didn't win the league. Craig Kimbrell, Nick Anderson. Like Nick Anderson was good as a player, but from a fantasy player, not that good. Like if you if you were to say that um, if I were to, if you were to tell if you were to tell me back in March or February that Nick Anderson is not going to give up an earned run until three quarters of the way through the season um, and only spend one week on the DL, he'd be like a third round pick. But no, in this season it was sort of obviously a weird season where like he wasn't getting many saves, even though he wasn't. Allowing any earned runs, but he wasn't wasn't that great of a pick uh, at that stage. I did the Hampson Hilliard combo. <laughs> I did the Garver Sano combo. Garbage. Josh Bell. Um, I never would have expected him to be that bad. Craig Kimbrell. Man, like I thought, like two month season. Like he'll have a long enough leash. Guess what? His leash was like like he was a wild dog. Um, he <laughs> he shouldn't have had any leash. Um, and then, uh, and then I, of course, did my Spencer How and this is my biggest lesson this year. Like, okay, it's a, like Casey Mize. Like I took in the last round of my second main event. That's okay. Like to, to put that draft capital in Casey Mize in the last round because I I had the intuition that he was going to be called up, which which is right. But then I also drafted Spencer Howard and Mackenzie Gore in the 18th and 19th round when I could have been looking at other players like um, like I wouldn't have got him, but like Corbin Burns. Like he did go earlier than that. And Dylan Bundy did go earlier than that, but those are the players that I should have been. Um, well, Bundy went way, way earlier in this draft, but um, he was already getting the helium. But like, just putting that much stock in rookie pitchers, it just never seems to work out. Like, look at like Forrest Whitley and Lizardo in 2019 was a bit. They were big busts in like the mid rounds, and then even like guys like that aren't maybe rookies, like your Pavetta and Josh James. Like, it just. You get your paddocks last year, but it's just so hard to hit on these players. So those no, you're uh, right. Those are some like I guess learning points. Um, you want to maybe get the safer players that are just going to get you that consistent, boring playing time. Maybe I don't know. Like what do you what, what would you have suggested? What, what advice would you give me, Mike, um, to not fuck up these picks? I also forgot to mention Miguel Sano. 
Well, I think you have to kind of weigh out risk and reward. You started off with risk, and you kind of never came off of your risky picks, except for a couple here and there. Like, I think Castillo was relatively safe. I think Albies, again, this year, had we had a full season, Albies was a safe pick. He would have returned on investment. He was heading that way. So, again, Albies was a safer pick than may, may look like on paper. But you knew Kimber was coming off a bad year. People wanted to try to chalk it up to him getting a late start, but it was just bad. He looked bad, and that was risky. Um, Josh Bell, he tried to tell you in the second half he wasn't who you thought he was in the first half last year. And although he showed flashes here and there in the second half, he was never truly himself. Garver was kind of like this sudden breakout where at this point you have, well, you have Sano, who we know Sano is literally a 250, 50 home run upside guy. Like, that's kind of who he is. Like anything, expecting anything over else than that over a full season, let alone a 60-game sample, you knew he was going to do this, either be really high or really low. Oh, at the end of the year, usually you'll get what you'll get out of him, but you kept just taking more and more risk. You end up hitting on like a Luke Voigt and stuff like that, but they can only uh, and Kyle Lewis obviously, but they can only cover up so many holes because you thought. And, and in your defense, Adam Eaton and Avisel Garcia felt safer than they ended up being. Eaton was okay, not great. Garcia was a complete bust, and that was the problem. So some of the safety you were banking on didn't get a chance to play through. But you have to remember, it was a sixty-game season. It's hard to really find safety anywhere in the draft. You thought they'd be safe, but. In 60 games, good players have bad stretches, you know? Yeah. In, in hindsight, so. what I should have done was I should have um, I should have passed like, known commodities and got a player. You should have like, taken the known commodities in the first early round. I should have got it. I should have gone like, obviously this is hindsight. I should have flopping out um, hitter for pitcher. So I should have gone hitter in the fourth with a Bogart to Machado. And if I got Bauer instead of Laggy, <laughs> like that would have changed my draft huge right there so just like but, but who would have the person who won this league the person who won this league didn't even draft an amazing team that's what, like that's, they did that's well. what i wanted to get into so i want to look at um phil this out and uh phil, phil this and i talked to him uh, offline and he said it's okay to mention his team and i, I we talked about it, i talked about it with mike the mouth but we we mike agreed like it wasn't a good draft like by any means like he had a lot of busts like he and not to say like this is not taking anything away from him being a, i'm not saying dude he's bad. an amazing, amazing player. player he's an amazing, amazing player, player and amazing drafter but and he won this league with this draft. Well, I, wanna, so I, wanna get into, I wanna get into the details because you're gonna say he must have killed the waiver wire. He did, but not in the way you think. So let's look at his team. Yellick, bust. Baez in the second round, bust. Third round, third sorry, round, third sorry, round. Sorry, my bad, third round, bust. Um, uh, Heck, Machado was a big, big pick for him in the fourth. Right, that was a great pick, but I wanna, let's look at his bust first. Like, like in the, in, in, uh, I thought you were going round by round, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we can, yeah, we can do it. Let's let's nah, let's let's look at the like let's look at what he did like what he what he got unlucky with. So Yellick in the first round, bust for the first round. Baez mm-hmm. in the third round, bust. Um, and heck, we can stop right there and just talk about you missing on two of your first three picks is usually terrible for anybody in any situation, especially in a sprint of a season. Right. He missed on two of his top what. 50 picks. Right. He missed two out of those three. That is absurd. And he still rebounded. Wait for that's it. like just, that's a, I know, it gets worse. I'm two, saying. Of his, two of his top three closers are Hector Neris and Jose Leclerc. Garbage. 10th yeah. tenth, tenth and 11th round, Danny Santana, Ryan Braun. Terrible. Hunter Dozier mm-hmm. in the 14th round. Guess what? He dropped him after, like, before he even, the, the season started. Because he got, he got COVID. Yeah. His second catcher was Francisco Mejia. He tried, he took J.A. Happ before he took Ian Happ. Um, he, hey, hey, hey! But he took Ian Happ. That's yeah, all that matters. Well, that, that's 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 <laughs> a good part. And, and he and he took a he took a he took the deadly combo of Rick Porcello and Michael Waka on the Mets um, in the later rounds. So and he, like okay, you could say Kevin Gosman was good in the twenty first round. Guess what? He dropped him in the first week. Um, 
<laughs> but he did pick him back up. Profar, Profar was actually good. Did he hold on to him? I, I'm not sure. If, I didn't look into it that deep, but he did. I don't know. I don't know if he held on to him. Probably. I'm. I'm. I'm assuming yes. Keyboom didn't do much either. Keyboom had like one or two good games and was like kind of trash. Other than that. Yeah. So again, we're looking at the team number two, and so it's it a bad team. So yeah, it's a bad team. So a bad draft. Not the, again. Yes, yes. Phil's not a bad. He won Phil's the not a bad drafter. This is probably one of. I'm. I'm guessing this is probably one of his worst drafts. So he had, he had yeah. Kenley Jansen, good closer. He he hit on Giolito. He hit on Machado. These are all good things he did. Zach Wheeler was good. Um, Ian Happ was good for great Mo- value on Wheeler. Yep. Wheeler was falling. Maeda in the eighth. Oh yeah, he's not going to fall past the third this year, this year probably. Yeah, third, third, third or fourth. Third or fourth, early fourth. He'll be in that range where you know you got like Giolito and Corbin last year, where Giolito and Corbin were going. I think Giolito got pushed up here, but Giolito initially, remember early drafts, Giolito was like that fourth round, third, late third, early fourth round pick. I think Maeda is going to fall to that late third ish round, maybe mid third kind of thing. Because I, I, I think Maeda is going to really bump, jump up. He's going to be top ten for a lot of people to watch. All right, well, before we get in, before we get into how Phil won this league and he killed this league, so. Congratulations yes. to him. He did an amazing job. He's an amazing player, dude. So, it's like it I'm, I'm trying to figure me. out how the fuck did he do this with that draft. Well, so wait, wait. He, before <laughs> before we get into how he did it, let's look at some. Let's look at like quick. Uh, spend a little less time looking at some other players. Um, let's look at. I want to. I want to focus your attention on Edelman in, in team number seven. He finished fourth, and he drafted Verlander Strasburg to start. And he's true. Yeah. So he, it shows you. If you're, so he he, gra- he he did a great job managing his team. He grabbed Clint Frazier. Well, he also hit on Fried and Freed and Bundy. True, those true. those ended up being and, and, Bur- and, Bur- and Burns. So guess what? And I, mean, Burns, I, I yeah. imagine what that team would have done if he if Edelman um, actually had, actually had a, a good first and second round pick. He probably would have killed this league. So yes. like that, that's, that's that was also a great job on him. He he hit on those three pitchers real hard, and he got um, he did some good uh, did some good job in the waiver wire as well. Another guy, um, Mark Cerebro. He did. He had. He had some good picks. He finished second in this league. Uh, he got. He had Darvish in the second round, which um, me and Mike the Mouth sort of poo pooed on. Um, like, why would you take him that early? Because I don't know. I didn't. I, jokes on you. Jokes on us. <laughs> took Nelson Cruz in the fourth. Lamette in the eighth. Like he did a good job. And then he did a great job on waivers. Like he did. He hit on Tristan McKenzie, Davey Garcia, Adam Duvall. He kind of did a little of everything. Like he did well. Like the draft was his draft was solid. Especially in the early rounds, and then you get Mike, you get your shrimp skit like towards the end. Roman Quinn, if he held on to him, ended up being a pretty solid boost for stolen bases down the stretch. He, he was um, getting, he was getting was Quinn good. everywhere. Will Myers, yeah. Will Myers was another good one. He did pretty good in this draft, and then you pair that with some strong waiver wire. I'm not surprised he finished second. Right, and then one one more guy I want to look at is Rob Silver. Um, he, in, in oh, my opinion, he had the best draft. He he did the best job drafting this league. He finished fifth still. Um, he he had a tough run um, for Robles, Ooh. Robles, Lariano, and Alvarez. Yeah, but listen, li- but listen to what he did. Ozuna in the eighth, Bieber in the second round, um, Winker in the twentieth, Marco Gonzalez in the twenty fifth, Grisham in the eighteenth, and uh, Zach Plezak in the twenty third, and he had Savali. So he was all over those Indians pitchers. Good for him. He probably had the best draft. And guess what? His waiver wire was phenomenal. He picked up Christian Javier before he before he even started. So he he I was speculating on Brian Abreu, where he was one step ahead, step speculating on Javier and did him wonders, and he got Jay Cronenworth. So not only did he have a great draft, he had some he had some key like Javier and Cronenworth were probably where did he struggle? Uh, Stolen bases maybe? I don't know if I, like I'm, I'm not gonna I, I can pull up the. Um, uh, you don't have to do it right I, now. I'm just looking at his team, and I don't see the stolen bases because Robles didn't really run. Lorano didn't really run. That's probably that's I, probably where it was. Where, where was he on closers? Like, oh, Hansel Robles. Oh no, that wasn't him. 
Um, he, Tony Watson, yeah, he that's where so saves and stolen bases really. Hell, he had Helsley. Yeah, and Hater. Yeah, uh, Hater was Hater was good, but like not. For, yeah, he so so probably saves and stolen bases are what did him in because the rest of the team was very solid. The rest of the team was amazing. So those like those like that's what I was dealing with here. So I was dealing like I, not only did I, I I had some hits, but I also had a bunch of busts and like not that many busts with that many other good amazing players in this league. Like you're fucking sunk. So, um, but I, but we me and Mike talked about um, another team. Unfortunately, this guy, probably a good drafter, um, this, this individual spent $900 on the first week of Fab, and he spent $900 on J, uh, Jackie Bradley, um, Kiki, Kiki Hernandez, and Greg Holland. Ooh. $900 of your $1,000 on Jackie Bradley, Kiki Hernandez, and Greg Holland. And this team, I'm just, I just got to point it out because it's just, I'm, I guess I'll call it unlucky, but just like every, it's team 15, every single, like after round five, like he had a great first round picks, but after round five, you couldn't get... It was just like bomb after bomb after bomb. Just like you couldn't make worse picks. So he started with Story, Soto, Granke, Berrios, and Bauer, which were an amazing... Fine. That's no, a, it's not yeah. fine. It's, it's phenomenal. Well, Granke and Berrios, I don't know. Uh, but okay. yeah, it's definitely... I ignored the Story and Soto part. I was just looking at the pictures. But yeah, actually, right. That's, a, that's an amazing start. It's really, I'm good with it's that. Actually really good, it's a really good first five rounds. Like Especially when you hit Bauer as your fifth like Bar- Berrios yeah. and Granke aren't going to bury you. Like, they're... they're, they're, they're no, they, they, were, they were fine. They, they maybe, like, they had a little bit of negative equity there, but whatever. But okay, let's look at after that. Like, uh, you made up for it with Bauer. Yeah, yeah. You made up for it with Bauer. So that was good first five rounds. After that, I'm just gonna list it out because I gotta do it. It's just gonna. It just. Yeah. It's like a. It's like basically, bomb, 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 bomb. Roberto Osuna, Andrew Ben, Injured. Andrew Benatendi. Injured. Gary Sanchez. Shit. Sucked. Sean Doolittle. <laughs> opted out. Or wait, did he opt no, out? No, but he was basically no. Made, he got injured. He opted out. Um, he did. He did opt out. He opted out. Of, he opted out of playing well. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 Ahmed Rosario. Ter- ter- okay, he didn't, he didn't, steal, didn't steal a base. Scott Kingery. Yeah. Scott Kingery. Oh, trash. Garbage. Gavin Lux didn't play. Didn't play. Christian Walker. I think that's that's good. the one. That's the one. Nick Senzel did not play well. Was good. Played very well until he got COVID and then sucked. Jorge Alfaro. Hurt. Sinsu Chu. You'd look up his stat line. You'd be surprised. He actually had like. I think five of each home runs and stolen bases. Okay, he actually wasn't bad, but he just his batting average was like two forty in the process. Okay, let's just go. So, I'm, it was okay. I'm gonna go through this a little bit quicker. Mazzaro, no. Discalfani, Yandy Diaz, Domingo Santana, Jeff Samarja. Okay, well, lucky, lucky no. the screen's not on my face right now because I'm throwing up in my mouth. Um, Blake Trinan. Some people, some people are into that. <laughs> Anibal Sanchez, Gregory Polanco, Shed Long, Julio Tehran, M- Michael Franco is actually okay for then, and Zach Davies. Um, um, Zach Davies, okay. Drew Smiley. Zach Davies was actually really. Yeah, he was good. actually. I don't think anybody's. Yeah, he's really good. He's actually in the top like ten of like the fan tracks um, like um, default rankings right now because it's based on points. How good he pitched. Yeah. Oh yeah, and since you too had five home runs, six stolen bases, and hit two thirty six. Why do I know this off the top of my head? I don't know because I had zero shares. But I just I think I think I looked at it the other day. I was like, wow, he did that. I didn't even notice. Right. So that's why I know. That's why I knew. Awesome. Yeah. So this guy had a collection of like players that hit around like one twenty five. Yeah. Um. So anyways, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to be like my. I finished eleventh in this league, so I'm not trying to like poo on someone else but like I'm just saying like like those were just like consistent stream of like fucking misses um 
so let's let's go back to to Phil though because he won this league and we're both saying like we're not like we forgot Anthony Santan- Santander Santander was good yeah, yeah. so we both we both thought about that at the same time so what so let me tell you about his waiver uh, um, his waiver um, successes now I talked to him offline I'm like how the fuck are you doing this buddy um, and he said he just like especially this year he just wanted to lead in at bat so he wanted to get players so he was constantly yeah he said anyone injured he was just dumping this year. So he would have dumped. He, he didn't have any of the Albies or Bichettes because he was focusing on pitching early, and he did like he did focus on pitching early. And yeah. He did he did have a lot of misses, but he also had a lot of hits. So like basically, Toby says this too. So he I was listening to their podcast yesterday and seeing like you know what like if I if I had two pitchers like one of them could miss. Yep. Phil do um, on waiver wires and um, he he didn't he didn't do anything that you'd expect to happen because he was he was he just wanted to get the most at bats that he could like he was saying. And um and, and I was in I was in the middle of the thought and he did focus on pitching early so he wasn't getting any of those injured players like your Torres your Albies your Marte your Bobichet so I, he didn't have like a decision to drop those players but anyone injured like he said Hunter Dozier dumped him right away um, because he had COVID he was he was getting players that were going to get the playing time that's what he was looking at and um, again he was get he, he was maybe missing on some of his pitching like the Hector Neris and Leclerc but he was getting so many of them to start with that. It, that he just getting like half of those pitchers again, like something like Toby was saying. Toby and Phil, both players that won multiple main events this year, both yeah. won heavy pitching. Um, Toby was saying, I was listening to his podcast last night. He was saying that like, okay, I got Garrett Cole and then someone else. Um, maybe like I think he had Strasburg in one of his leagues, but he still did well because um, he hit on one of his top two aces. So he, it gives him that leeway to sort of miss. But back to the waiver wire. So like, okay, this draft. How did he, how did this guy? do so well in his league and he won the league like handedly um, with that draft that we said was not that good his most expensive player that he bought on waivers John Birdie for $257 that was probably because he was getting at bats he saw they were going to have a lot of double headers smart he was up. leading off at one point too yeah. that's the player that he most like he could have maybe he got shut out on some players that he uh, that he bid on but that was the biggest bid he put in this year that won so he wasn't getting any of your hot like Cronenworths, Christian Javier's, Clint Frazier, McKenzie. He, he, he didn't get any of that waiver wire Armageddon week with Sixto Sanchez, Tristan McKenzie, and whoever else was there, right? Um, I think it was Davey Garcia, perhaps. Um, but he did. But he did pick up uh, Yadi, Mali, uh, Yadi Molina for one hundred and thirty plus dollars another week because I think Cardinals. So he was really focusing, trying to take advantage of those double headers and getting players that were going to get the most games. So that's where yeah. he's spending his money on waiver wires. Um, aside from that, he spent $68 grabbing Kevin Gosman back after we dropped him in the first week. And Kevin Gosman <laughs> ended up being very good. So that was another good thing. Another big, big, big thing that he did because he did whiff on two of his closers, Neris and Leclerc. He grabbed Trevor Rosenthal for $2 in the first waiver run before like before anything was assured with him. Before he actually got That oh, was yeah. a league winner for him, obviously. So grabbing Rosenthal for 2 bucks, And aside from that, he picked up. He he was very active on waivers. He didn't spend more than two or three or one or twenty dollars on anyone. He was grabbing boring guys like Longoria. He grabbing like Rio Ruiz, like all these boring hitters, just to get players that were getting at bats. That's what he did, and that's something. It's that, smart. That was Made something that was not season. doing at all. So that was some, that was how he won this league. But that makes a lot of sense. And Phil was just being really proactive on the waiver wires. And I think I wonder. I'm just. I was thinking about this. I need to talk to Toby and wonder if he's going to stick with that pocket aces thing or if he thinks it was more of a viable strategy in a shortened season because we saw pitchers go down. But if, and if you had an ace that produced like a Cole, like a Degrom, like a Bieber, 
was that upper hand gain mostly due to the shortened season, or do you think that would have sustained over a full season as well? I think it well? would have sustained, I, I think. Because um, I feel like having a longer season, if you're halfway decent at um, streaming, if you're halfway if, – and if um, and if players had t- chances to come back from injury, some of the aces like a Strasburg and others that got hurt, would the, would the ways – would it have changed – Potentially having that upper hand with the upper hand have gone away if teams had a chance to get their aces back and pitch down the stretch, or if other pitchers got hurt down the stretch, that may have things, may have stayed healthy. And definitely would have it definitely would have shifted things. Which again, that's a short season it worked out, but maybe this pocket ace is, is a little more riskier over a long season when you have the potential to lose those pitchers. Um, the aces that aren't usually injury prone have more potential for hiccups here and there, right? Type of and thing like I, like I, the grab. Like the mouth when our. Um, about the, I, I went through the same draft and I, I, I repeated myself a lot right now. What he said, what he said, because I'm probably not going to fucking hear that, let's be honest. Um, sorry, Mike the Mouth. He's not, it doesn't matter because he doesn't listen to anything that he's not on. Um, <laughs> so he'll never hear this. Um, but um, he said that Phil wouldn't have, he's, he's like, I doubt Phil would have won this league um, if the season was a full season. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I don't know. I think uh, I think Phil did a great job of winning. I think um, I think um, that Edelman guy did a great job of recovering um, um, for that from Verlander Strasburg, and I think Rob Silver probably drafted the best out of anyone in this league. Um, you can argue. See, that's you can make the argument about anybody who won any league this year because mm-hmm. most, if you most people drafted for a short sprint, most people aren't going to draft the same this year. Most people are going to have different values on different players coming into twenty twenty one. So I think. They people who won their leagues this year won it based on a strategy they employed this year. I don't think so. I, I think it's unfair to even try to say, oh, they wouldn't have won over a full season. That's a stupid argument to make. Come on, Mike. Mike, you're better than that, dude. But you know, I, th- I think I don't think like I think any season, any season you're gonna have to adapt to, to different different things. Yeah. Like, st- like the stats be like st- stolen bases become more scarce. Closers start getting used differently. Like, you think COVID is suddenly going to be gone next no. year? Like you think that's what I'm saying. Like again next it's year? not done. Here, here's a question. I put I posted this to to someone. Um, like why why is David Price getting this getting drafted the same way he's getting drafted before COVID last year? Like why is he still going like in the one twenties one forties? Like what's changed in his, in his mind? COVID is not going to be gone in March. Is David David that's Price sleeps on a bag of money? He doesn't give a shit about money. Um, yeah. So is he gonna play? Like he's got his kids. Like is Buster Posey gonna play? Like I guess it's just like so. Um, Derek Derek Butcher from NFBC pointed out. He responded. He's like, well, yeah. um, Posey had twins last year that he adopted, so he might want to. He had newborns, so that's different. So maybe he comes back, but who cares? He sucks anyways, right? Um, like are like Lorenzo Kane. Like, is he a sneaky pick or is he still not going to play? Like, I don't know. Like, and I, I got a, I got a follow up question for for you after that. But like, what do you think about that? Like, are you drafting? Are you drafting David Price the same way you would draft David Price before COVID was a thing? I think people were higher on him than I was initially, anyway. But when you look at the pit, when you look at pitching, I feel like it's harder this year than it has been last year or two to really rank players. And I don't think. I mean, where where do you think he is in terms of like rankings, top fifty pitcher? I think that's fair. David Price still offers that type of. I think there's still a floor there with Price, but a, a full a full season missed. Did he? Do we know if he trained the whole time? Did he take the whole year off? Did it help his elbow heal up? Because I, I know he's been I was, pitching. I was off him because of, I I don't trust his his health to begin with. I don't care. Well, that's the thing. I was just gonna say, does a year off 
help his elbow heal a little bit because I know he's doing he's been dealing with a partial tear. How old is he? He's like my so, age. He's like done. I think or, he's like my age. He's like done. He's done. Um, he's what thirty? I'm gonna guess thirty five, thirty six. I'll look. I'm looking it up real quick. He is thirty five. He just turned thirty five. Okay, so he's, young, so he's younger than I am, but he's, he's still done. Like he's. I, I I don't know. I mean, hey, but what if we get what if we get word? It's early to say this, but what if we get word that he went to driveline in the off season and got his, got some velocity back? Or he has to remember he's still picking. He's not even. He doesn't. That's for he's, the end. He's, he's, he's bunkered away. He's afraid of COVID. Oh, I mean, that's, I mean, we, we don't, I know. I'm mean, like, we don't really know that. But yeah, we also don't know how much he's been pr- throwing in the offseason or if he's been throwing at all during this year. We don't know what type of innings the Dodgers are going to play with their innings anyway, probably, to keep them healthy. So well, I wouldn't put him much higher than a top 50. Like, when I say top 50, he's like in that, I'd say 40 to 50 range because I'm just trying to think of who else would be around him that do I really want. I don't know. Insert name here. Let's go look at that draft board again and I'll tell you some names. Like, like, how much do I really trust Andrew Heaney over him? I mean, I'm probably going to rank him higher, but... Who? Heaney? Oh, Andrew Heaney, yeah. Like, how much am I going to trust Andrew Heaney over Heaney him? Heaney reminds or... me a lot of... Heaney this year reminds me a lot of Bundy last year because their peripherals are, like, the same. Like, their swinging strike rate, like, all that stuff shows that he should be a good pitcher. It's just, like, Heaney's been, like... He's had good peripherals, but he's always... He's never been good. He's never pitched for, like, a great ERA. Same with Bundy. Like, if you remember Bundy in 2019... Mm-hmm. You know me. I was always on Bundy, right? I was always dropping him and adding him, but in prior years, um, he would always have like a nine inning gem and then a, a dud, six run, six earned runs. Then he pitched with like seven innings and ten strikeouts, dud. So he was never consistent, and I just that's what that's what never that's what put me off him. Like if you're gonna take him around pick two hundred or earlier, I just wasn't in because he has the skill set. Velocity's going down. Um, he's losing velocity. Um, he's always had like the like the, the skill set, but he's just never had the results. Like they never had the consistent results. So I still can't take him where he's going this year. Yeah, uh, I'm just he has the potential. He has the same potential as Bundy, but and I think he's gonna be cheaper. That's why. That's my point. Is like, but like he's never, I think he'll be cheaper. But I'm, lo- I'm looking. He's at, he's I'm actually looking chance. at your draft board. I'm looking at your draft board that you sent me. I'm looking at where David Price went, and I think that's about. I think it's pretty appropriate. I don't see why he should go below some. Like, go? There's guys behind him. He went in the ninth round. Okay. And if you look at the players that went around him or behind him, Julio Urias, kind of the same question marks in terms of, I think we think, we all think Urias has a higher upside, so I get that, but I think they should be valued similarly because I don't think that Urias is going to pitch much more than Price because they obviously will never take off any limits from Urias. They showed that this year. The perfect year to take him off any type of limitations, and they didn't. Marco Gonzalez... Like he's we're, looking at, we're looking at the the draft right now. I'm trying to hide the names if I can, so I just pulled it up. So yeah, I'm trying to fo- I'm trying to look at where Price went. In the ninth, there he is. look towards like I guess the fr- I don't know if it's the it's like the middle of the ninth roughly, and yeah. you just look at some of those names. It's like I, I do you really want Bassett or Means over him? They're going after him, and I think there's well, Bassett was that was a one off. The guy took the the guy that took Bassett was was really early on him. The, the one thing I noticed on these on these two um, real like these are hundred and fifty dollar buy in yeah. drafts that were that are going to go on the NFBC. We had two of them, and some of the variances between picks for some of the players were huge. I think I'd rather like, have Bassett went I think seventy um, seventh here, and then he went like one eighty in the in the other draft. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I think I might rather have Gonsolin here than Price. Maybe take a shot on Tristan McKenzie's upside over Price. Maybe Christian Javier, uh, Soroka if he's healthy, of course. But it's like I think my point is I think there's a tier here of just players that like Price is a part of 
that you can argue Price or half these names I just said, and I wouldn't even care if you took them over him. And that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like Mackenzie Gore, if he's a starter, I'd rather have Mackenzie Gore take a chance on the upside because I think Mackenzie Gore could be better. Um, other than that, though, it's like, yeah, like he fits. I think he fits where he's going. If as long as he, this is his price, this is fine. I I just don't see. There's not. I just don't think. I think this is what he is. Like a ninth, tenth round guy and a fifteen teamer. I, 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 I mean, look at look at these teams. Like oh, I, well, I understand that for injury concerns. I get that, but look where he's going. I think the price is appropriate. Is all I'm saying. I think, I think he makes sense there. They're like slam dunks. You rather have over him? Maybe Tristan McKenzie if you believe in the Indians. And because you know the Indians have a, a history of letting the pitchers kind of throw unlimited innings. They also, you know, they're really good at producing pitching. So maybe you take a shot yeah. on McKenzie. I get that. That makes sense to me. McKenzie, I'm trying to find. Um, two rounds. Uh, looks like the twelfth round. Love through. So twelfth round to. Way after. Yeah. I'd rather. I'd rather have uh, Christian Javier. Well, yeah, but and that he went the eleventh round. But these are names I'm saying are all within like ten picks in terms of pitchers. If you look at David Price, there was only one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. These are all these names I've mentioned are within the top ten taken after him. Andrew Heaney's like the twelfth pitcher taken after him or something. Dustin May or David Price? Um, ooh. Dustin May, they fuck with him though. That's why I know him and Gonsolin. I like Gonsolin and May more in terms of upside, but I think Price gets a rotation spot for sure. So that's why I think you have to go with Price, knowing that they're going to screw with May and Gonsolin. Because they have Urias. And too. Price will probably face easier competition too. Well, you have because he's going to be p- pitching to his kids. <laughs> well, that's early drafts. He's a he's an avoid. I, I wouldn't be drafting him this early right now for sure. If we're drafting right now, I'm not touching Price because there is a chance he hasn't played next year. Okay, Especially I, wanna, I, wanna, I, I got a question for you, Mike. And this is sort of a leading question. This is a lawyery type question. Go ahead. If, if Adalberto Mondesi, who got drafted in the second round, in the middle of the second round of this Ugh. draft, if Ugh. he came out and had a press conference and said, "Listen, I'm thinking about." Not stealing bases anymore. He's not draftable. Okay. Like stop right there. Okay. He's not okay. Even... That's that's all. That's not draftable. Thank you. Thank you very much, witness. Next question. If Charlie Morton came out and said, "Hey, I might retire after this year," where would you draft him? Might. Yeah. I wouldn't draft him. Okay. He did, I, he did say already, that. You know that, right? There's already speculation. Yes, that's why I was just gonna say. There's already speculation so that he, he's not he playing go? this year. He got drafted. Where? In the twelfth, that, that was a waste of a pick. I think he shouldn't have gone before. I think I'd rather at this point he's. I'm not touching him at all until we know he's drafting. You had or, Tristan McKenzie, Gonsolin, um, Bassett. Um, I would take. I would take. Okay, you want to know where I'm at with him? I would take the TJ guys. I would take Thor, Sale, and Severino over Morton right now. Great, great, great segue. Okay, that's that's bold. I don't know if I would do that. Mm, I'm not touching I'd probably, Morton. I probably I'm agree just, with you. I don't. Okay, I, okay, I think so, I would okay, definitely take Severino. But, well, uh, let me ask you. Let me let me ask you this. We both think there's a chance Morton doesn't play. At least we know Thor, Severino, and Sale are gonna play. Probably. Yeah, at least unless we know they have that. a setback. Unless they have a setback, yeah. and we know that we're gonna get at least three to four months out of all of them. Morton, we might. And Morton has his injury risks as well. He has his history of injuries anyway. But he's another year older, coming off like this year wasn't even that fantastic, and last year was his career year, obviously. Right. So are we and. Are we sure? Like, and if they win the World Series, does he go out on top? Like, you're drafting right now. You have to make that decision. I'm not touching Morton. I'm not. Like, he's not. He's a do not draft uh, he's, right he's, now. He's he's, he's the the he's the the top of my do not draft list. Right now, yes. If he says, "Hey, I'm coming back," we'll move him back up a little bit. I would take him over David Price. I would take him right around that Lance McCullers, Patrick Corbin area, Frankie Montas. He belongs there. 
for sure. But until then, until then, I'm like, I, I'm literally just surpassing them. So when I say I would take them after the TJ guys, it's because I'd rather take the TJ guys, knowing they're going to play, over Charlie Morton, who is a question mark. Now, are you saying that in a draft and hold league? Because I think taking the TJ guys in a league with waivers is, is gives you more a little bit more flexibility to drop them and I would do, do it stuff. Either, like in these draft and holds, I think they, they, they're a little tougher to take earlier. Do you agree? Well, yeah, and, and definitely it's hard. And drafting holds like in DCs or drafting holds or whatever, anything like that, he, they're more of a risk. You have to build for them. You can't just like where they're going. I I would take one. Okay, I, I, I want to draw your attention to the team that took all of them. Well, that's just team, not team, smart. Team fourteen, I'm, and I and the name's not up there. He had a very good start to the draft, but I want to go through this team because I went through it with Mike the Mouth, and Mike the Mouth said this guy's Mike the Mouth said this guy's a fucking idiot. Obviously, well, because Mike Mouth is an idiot. I don't think this. I don't think this guy's an idiot because I know him. He's a smart drafter, and I play in leagues with him before. So this guy's a smart individual, and he knows his shit. But he's never played NFC before. Top five before. picks for this guy's team is solid. Top six even. Right, but like, look. Okay, first of all, let's that's go. Let's let's take a look at this. He didn't take a relief pitcher until round twenty-five. That's first of all. That's both. He spent weird. a lot of money on on catchers. He took both Will Smith and Denard um, in the first ten rounds. Okay, he took. A lot of this team has more risk than I've ever seen before. So within the first 18 picks, he has Syndergaard, Severino, Sale, um, Jared Kalenic, and Andrew Vaughn. So those first five, those are five of your first 18 picks. Like granted, in the latter, latter half, that aren't going to see the field probably for an average of a month. And I'm being nice on that. Those those Tommy John guys probably aren't going to be back until June. And in these 15 round draft and holds with good competition. You're not going to be able to just slot in another player until they come back. Like you're 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 screwed probably um, until until these players start getting called up or um, are healthy. And he also took Alvar Jordan Alvarez, um, Jonathan VR early, Chris Paddock. Tons of risk here, like a ton of risk. Um, so and like his first two relief pitchers were Leclerc and Jordan Romano, both injured. So. Man, like this, 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 like I said, this team's going to be really, really good or really, really bad. I actually went through this team um, on my first podcast as well. But I, I listened. To it. it was it's very, very interesting. Yeah, I like I like it as a, like a test run. So maybe that's what this is. I don't like it. I don't think it has. I'm not going to say it doesn't have a legitimate shot to compete. We're looking at Team 14, but, by the way. Yes, and they need to they need to um, get some things going their way. But the team can be so good in the second half. Remember, over a full season. If everything, if everyone's healthy, if he has Soroka back, Sale, Thor, and Severino all back for the second half, that is a heck of a t- like. That's like such a boost that if he's and remember, this isn't an overall, so he could legitimately make a run for to cash in this league. P- potentially, for sure. I'm not. I'm not saying that his team is. is that's something. That's that's where it's intriguing. But what's he gonna do but until? What's he gonna do until June? That's the problem. Like he's, his ratio. Not only is he gonna hurt in counting sets because he's gonna really. It's gonna, it's gonna be really difficult finding actual like live bodies with a pulse to put into his lineup. He's gonna come into that difficulty for the first yeah, time no. for sure. But also the live bodies that are gonna put in are gonna fucking blow up his ratios. That, Possibly. So that I, I love like you know I I love more. I like taking one of them to give me one of the TJ guys. Uh, just if I build for like say I build a really super safe team and I'm at my SP3 or SP uh, probably SP4 I would be willing to take a risk on one of them at the right because like if you look at who's going around here like do I really want to take do, like how do I feel about do I really want Marcus Stroman oh I guess I Stroman's a bad example actually I'd rather have Keichel too Singer I'm not a huge fan of and Manai I'm not a huge fan of and Yarbrough I'm not so those three like I'd rather take a TJ guy over those guys because I feel like there's like at least a chance for upside there because like I don't know you get to a point in a draft where it's like do I want 
innings or do I do I, can I take on the upside? And you have to be able to like I don't think there's much like where he took sale, there's no real I feel like the upside's kind of taken out of that pick because there's still really good bodies to uh, and players yeah. to take there. But where he took Severino, I think is a is a solid spot because I think that's interesting because I think he I think he's back first before all of them. Okay. And I think he offers such a different uh, potential. He might have than- 14. Yeah, it's the same and pretty much around around earlier like than a, whatever. This team is different this time. So he took he took Sale and he took um, Syndergaard. Um, I'm, it's up it's up on the stream right now. But then oh. he's still taking a lot of. Um, not as risky. His, his second team is not as risky. I'm looking at his team. This team, this team is very intriguing. It's very solid at the top, but he took too many risks. That's all. Yeah. Like he could, have, if he took a few less risks and got actual bodies that should be, you know, like give me, a, give him, give his team a Dallas Keuchel and a Marcus Stroman type. Of, you know, give him two of those guys. Stroman's I think, still risky this year because of the opt out thing. But not, I, I don't think I think he was just opting out because he want he got his they they counted the service time. He opted out after he got that service time, so now he's a free agent. Uh, I think he just wanted to get paid. Yeah, that, you know what? That makes a lot of sense because why risk the injury? Before you get before yep. you get paid, that that so that makes total sense. So like you know what Stroman Stroman that, that obviously discounts his risk quite a bit in my in my mind. So I I think I think he's gonna pitch just fine this year. I think he just wanted to make sure he got paid. Right on. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so um, a couple of players here like in the two different drafts went like like I said like had a huge variance in in where they went. Um, and I'll talk I'll, I'll put our screen I'll put all our screens back up. Um, one of the guys is Corey Kluber. He went in the 15th round in the first draft, and then he went in the 10th round in the second draft. Um, and the, the guy that took him in the second draft was um, in both drafts. So it could be just like these drafts, it's like, it's um, it's just like maybe you just forget about players. Like, you're not saying that it's a, the it's a first time around, there's no like real ADP. So you could just honestly forget about a player that they existed. Or maybe you just, like, from, from uh, what I was doing, is I was just trying to juice the orange as much as possible. And how long can I wait to take Clipper? Um, not that I really wanted him that yeah. bad, but like it's round 10. Maybe everyone else is forgetting about him. And that happened with, um, some people did forget about players. Like that happened to like a lot of the guys, like in the second, in the first draft, I took Domingo Herman and, and then somebody mentioned in the chat, like, Oh fuck, nice pick. I didn't even forgot, I, about I him, yeah. forgot the guy existed. So I, I think he has suspensions served. I think he was 60 games. Exactly. Uh, he, right. He, yeah. He's ready to play next year. And he come out, and that's a year with no mileage on him. Could be good for his arm. I was going to ask you though, since this is supposed to be a roundtable, you led the whole show. Yeah. You're a po- you're a podcast you're a po- podcast guy. Obviously, you're a podcast guy, but you're also a prospect guy when it comes to drafting. And I'm seeing Wander and Kalenic, Wander Franco, for those who might not be up to date on your prospects, the best prospect in baseball right now. But Kalenic is arguably up there as well, and at least number two or three in most lists. Both of which are being drafted in twelfth and thirteenth round, respectively. It looks like, or both in the twelfth round. I can't really tell. I took him in the. Th- oh, I took oh. Wander in the thirteenth round. You believe Wander's gonna be up early? No, there was I no know, indication of I just, it. I, I kind of want a Kalanick. Um, I, I think Kalanick's gonna be, be more valuable player in the redraft leagues this year. I think so too. I think he comes up earlier. That's why. Um, yeah, I think he comes up earlier. Uh, I think I think uh, Wander might be a bit overdrafted, but if you, if you look at my draft, I think the la- draft I sent you. Um, you also took Joe Odell. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing to yourself? Joe you don't learn, do you? You took Randy Arenzarena in the ninth round. There's no what, because of the playoff tax. What are you doing? I think Arenzarena is going to be good. Stop. He's he might be good, but he's not top ten round good. Like I, I just don't see it. You got him at one twenty something. I think that's fine. Yeah, I think that's fine. Whatever. I just I don't Hap know, goes. man. I think I'd rather Rosarina than Ian Happ. 
Stop it. Ian Happ showed it over a full season. Uh, Rosarina showed it for like a week in the regular season and in the playoffs. Yeah, Rosarina, what have you done for me lately? Uh, Jay, uh, yeah. not Jay Happ. Ian Happ is shit in September. Yeah, whatever. I'd rather have Ian Happ. I'd rather, I'm not, I'd rather have I don't Rosarina. Know. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I need to look at Rosarina a little closer, but I remember looking at him a little bit and wasn't completely blown I was away. I think Rosa, he's I, solid. The thing is, with me, I was in on a Rosarina from like, I have him in some draft and holds from last year. Like, I was taking him. In, oh, like, so you're just you're just letting your bias show. No, I'm, I'm, that's, no that's not biased. I liked him. I do like Dane I liked Dunning. I before 2020, like right. even before March. I was drafting him in draft and holds because I, the one thing that stuck out at me was his spring training. He had he had nine walks yeah. to zero strikeouts in spring training. That's he's huge. fast. Like that. He he's got power. Like he did put on like fifteen pounds of muscle while in quarantine too, from doing like three hundred pushups a day and eating eating nothing but chicken and rice apparently. Well, yeah, he, like just so you know, like if you didn't know that funny story or fun story, that's like pretty interesting tidbit. Like he put on muscle, so the power that might not have been there in his numbers in the minor leagues might start showing up in the pros because he put on the muscle he did while out on COVID. I don't think he had zero power, but. Not that he was a zero, but maybe it wasn't like a plus tool for him, and now it might be above average. Is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Right. So let's. Like, I, wanna, um, I know I've been leading this, but what, what, uh, we 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 promised each other we were to talk about some recency bias, and. Um, oh yeah, and you have to hurry up and get out of here. So let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Well, uh, Rosarina is perfect. Players, why, why, don't just, why don't you just go off the cuff, like, and we're going to call this episode recency bias, like Javier Bias, because it's such a great pun. Um, so, Recency bias. So like, maybe I, take a look I at the draft, draft board that I sent you. I'll pull it back up here on the, looking at the it, stream. Right? And just look at players. Like I'll, I'll just quickly list some players that like I, I thought like players that are going low now because of recency bias for this year. Like you got your JD Martinez, Baez, Altuve, Donaldson, Chris Bryant, Robles, Paddock. And then on the flip side, you got recency bias good way. You got Grisham, Rosarina, um, Zach Galen, Biggio, um, DJ LeMahieu, Swanson. Um, Corey Seager, Zach Plezak. Um, so take it away. I'll, I'll pull up the board. I'm actually looking at Rosarini now, and the power is nice. You get you got, got the power towards the end of the season here, and he showed the power increase in 2019. That's actually encouraging because he doesn't. He didn't really have. Oh, actually, it's kind of. Huh? Why did I think of him as a? He was double digits every year in power. A little power speed combo every year. Why did I think he had less power? I don't know. Neither do I. I really don't know. I, for some reason, you know what? Because if you don't look at his, if you don't look at his numbers and combine them, you don't see a double-digit home run uh, season. But once you actually look at the numbers and combine them every year, he had double-digit home runs and double-digit double digit steals just about every year. Yeah, see, I might be just being math. Yeah, I, I, I like I might okay. Be math I lied. Like I add up like the, the same I'm, year together. I've, yeah, right. I've never, I've, ne I've never opened. I don't think I've opened this page up this off season in my in my defense. Otherwise, I would have came way more prepared. You know, had somebody given me notes on players they wanted to talk about, I might have been ready to talk about them. But I'm looking at him now, and the plate discipline paired with the power speed tool, I like him more than Hap. Just at a quick look, I need to look more at him, but there is something here for sure, and I expect playing time next year. With that said, I wonder how that's going to work out because if he struggles, does low does, does Lau make his way out to the outfield faster so they can bring up Wander or Bruhan? That's a whole other discussion. And then they have Xavier Howard or whatever his name is, Xavier or something. Um, Edwards. Edwards. Why am I thinking Howard? I don't know. Probably a football player. I think it is. I don't know. Wrong sport. You get my point. Maybe you're thinking Ed uh, Howard, the new guy that got drafted on the Cubs. I don't know. No, I'm not. But anyways, um, I don't really know who who did, who are you more intrigued. Like, I'm wondering about Chris Bryant. Are we all discounting him too much? I'm willing to take him at the discount. Like, I thought he was discounted this year. I don't think he suddenly sucks at 28 years old. I think the injuries hampered him, and the Cubs as a whole looked bad. Well, 
I, maybe I took him good. in this draft. I think. I know. I saw you took him like in the tenth round. I was like, I think that's that's almost like you're getting the discount on him. Like you're get, that's like what pick one twenty, oh like one fifteen ish, right? More. That's one fifty. Oh yeah. Wow. Twelve. Is that, yeah, I forgot. It's not twelve. Forty-five-ish. Yeah, it's not. It's not a twelve. It's a fifteen-teamer. Yeah, the I can't do math. We already dis- we already figured this out. I can't do math. Um, <laughs> I can't do English either. I'm just useless. But yeah, I like that's a great discount for him and a guy who should easily bounce back because there's no way he's as bad as he was last year. I'm sorry, you don't suddenly become that guy after years after like five years of being so consistent. People are afraid of the Statcast. He wasn't a good Statcast guy coming into last year. Yeah, but people don't know how to use Statcast though. It's like a microwave. Yeah, which by the way, we saw that new account. Kind of funny. Yeah, I got. Um, <laughs> did I follow you? Yeah, they. Fo- I saw they follow a bunch of industry people. I followed them back. They deserve it. But well, uh, we have to hold other discussion. Matt Williams is your buddy, right? right? Uh, yeah. Me and Matt go back a little bit, yeah. but I don't think it's him. It doesn't no, no, I don't think it's. I don't think it's him. Um, I think he, he's he's but, basically um, going into shelter mode. I haven't heard anything from him since. I saw, yeah. Like, what, like, bull- I think it's- Honestly, he got bullied like to take that down. I don't think it was anything bad what he said. I don't think he portrayed it the way he was trying to. But it was just a, it was a I, witty comment. What he was saying is like Statcast is like it's not just it's not black and white. It's not like blue and red. You got to look at it and. Um, there's more to it than just looking at there, it. It's yeah. There's more. There's more to it than just like. Um, than what than what it just shows there because you got to. Um, that's your that's your warning, isn't it? That's your warning. You got to get going on this. Yeah, it's my it's my it's my twenty minute warning. But yeah, no, it's just not, it's not like it's not just blue and red or black and white. It's like it's hard to interpret. You got to look at like okay, well, so you can't judge a player based on it. Like, I understand like that. Solo, I think that's what for example, he was, isn't it? Like his, but here's his the thing. I think garbage, right. I think they were. I think he was trying to portray that message, but it came off as talking down to people. That was why it he got. Might, that's why he it got. It came off like that because people that are saying it came off like that. Are just trying to take it in the worst possible context. So it's just like you know what? There's nice like people are are just like sort of like blasting the horns and like being male Karens like telling on like oh look what look what this person said he's so bad uh, because he said this what an asshole and then it's just making themselves look good. But the real nice like there there's some real nice guys on Twitter that don't say anything. They may not agree with what he said. But um, they're not going to blast the sirens and just like assume that he's a terrible person for it and like drag his name through the mud. Like you got like uh, I don't know. I'm not going to put whatever. I'm not going to. We can talk names, about this. But... We can talk about. We can talk about this um, off the camera. No, I'm going to talk about it right now. <laughs> no, just like we, you, you, we don't, you don't have to say my... anything. You don't. You can just say anything. You can be politically correct and not say anything. No, 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 no. But I'm. I am very PC. You're very PC. Part. I, I, you can say. I tell you, you that all the time. You don't have to. You don't. You don't have to be associated with me. Uh, when I say this, but I think that it's just it's people that's trying to make themselves look like better. No, people. I'm saying I'm saying this is irrelevant and nobody cares to listen to it. To be honest, <laughs> that's what I'm I, thinking. I, like, I, let's I, get back to what people want to talk no, about. No, I think it's very relevant because people care. About you think people want to hear about this? They, they, if people didn't care, they wouldn't have commented on what he said. And he did mm. nothing wrong. He he's not trying to be a bad person. There's they're just you're just they were just your people are just creating context to it that didn't exist. Anyways, you're right. I, I'm, on, I'm on the inside. I think the average, people, are, people, people are just the trying, average, people are trying to seem like, oh, I'm so good, I would never say this. Um, he's so bad. But you know what? if you're a really good person, you you would message him directly and not message him publicly. Like, um, anyways, yeah. If you, if, you, if, you, if you're a good person, you wouldn't have 
you try to help him out and, and message him directly. Say, hey, and and, it may, and try to help him understand where the uh, how it was taken in the context it was. I've done that. Sirens. There's people that the out thing there is, on Twitter the that want to blast Matt, the sirens and just get it, get drag people's name through the mud because they. We can talk a little bit. I have a lot of experience with Matt. I've talked a lot with Matt on and off Twitter and. Matt has said things that have come off a certain way in the past. This isn't the first time, and that's probably part of the issue. With uh, part not even the issue, part of what happened and what and why Matt got the issue, got the response he did, because Matt has said things that come off a certain way, and that he says he doesn't mean that way. But if that, if this isn't the first time, it's almost like a okay, people have had enough. People are just like okay, well, we're not gonna put up with it anymore. I think that's my this, this might have been that tipping point for some people. Okay, I didn't because know that. I didn't, maybe yeah. It, Matt Matt has been misunderstood or misinterpreted in the past, and I mean, call for what you want. Maybe that's just Matt. Maybe Matt does. And Matt, from what I've spoken to him, doesn't seem to see that sometimes, or doesn't understand why people take it the way they do. Which sounds like you, even you didn't take it the wrong way. But a lot of people I, took I, it I a certain took it the way. way. Like he's even saying that himself, he has a hard, hard time sometimes using Statcast because you can't just you can't just use it. And like, if it's all red, this player's going to be amazing. And you can't rank the players based on like the redness of your Statcast. That's all he's saying. I have I have said and I've I've even spoken to some people behind the scenes because people you know again everyone a lot of people know that I talked to Matt here and there I haven't really talked to him about this kind of just gave him a space on this one but I think that's where Matt was trying to go with it but it was portrayed poorly and that's where people started blasting him yeah is that fair that's kind of where I that's kind of how I look at it yeah it was portrayed that he was talking down to people using it inappropriately versus the way that you were saying that it should have been portrayed it was it was it was like partially a joke. And it's and it's and it's and if you if you're actually gonna tell him that he's that he's like going to talk down on these theoretical amateur like analysts, like he's not doing that. He's not he's not like targeting. He's not he's not making a tweet to say, oh, I hope an amateur analyst read this and they feel bad about themselves. He's not saying that. He's saying he's basically just saying that Statcast is not black and white. And he just said it in a witty way. It came off bad, but people are just creating it. Just creating a, a bad context, like they do for other things. But I, I, but I told you, I think, and I think it's partially because that's partially because of the past history of him kind of having these tweets taken out of context, or previous sub tweets and other stuff that you know he's been accused of and all that. Okay. So there is more to it than just this one I instance. The, I don't know the story then. But, well, no, there's more. Like I'm saying, it's not really. So it's just some people that happen to interact with them and follow them will probably. I mean, if they don't agree with me, that's fine. But that's kind of my, been my experience. On the flip so, like, side, and, what I've noticed, and I'm not on Twitter as much as as much as I think a lot, a lot of other people, but I've noticed it's always the same people. Like you're well, saying, like, there's a thing with him with subtweets and stuff like that. It's always the same people blasting the sirens. Always the male Karens asking to speak to your manager. Um, like it's like the guys that are like blasting this. Like they're one step away from like sending back their French fries because it's too cold. Because they're too cold. <laughs> <laughs> so well, like, I honestly, I honestly don't. Know. I now that you mention it, maybe I'll notice it, but I don't notice that part. The same people over and over. I also when I go on Twitter, I get bored and I go on there, but I also post. Mo- I'm mostly there. I post the baseball tweet and I kind of just close out of Twitter. Say, yeah, no, <laughs> then, the same people getting upset about like minor things that they shouldn't get upset. About. It's the same people. Trust me. I believe yeah. it. You're probably right. Yeah. I, I I honestly stay out of it. If you haven't noticed, you won't see me comment on that stuff because I just stay out of it. Mm-hmm. I try to. It's I, easier I, that I way. try to stay out of it. I didn't comment. I didn't comment on that, but I I did I did um did um, message back and forth with the actual Statcast microwave account. <laughs> That's I awesome. Play with that a bit. Um. Anyway, we should awesome. be moving on. Oh, now that we spent five minutes on Matt, yeah. Has he even tweeted since? That's no, right? He's like, they, he's been bullied to like not say anything. I, look, I checked. He hasn't said anything. 
He's afraid. I like, think he deleted. He actually deleted his last tweet. He did. Which like is he shouldn't. Like he's just got to own that. Like he didn't mean. I don't think he meant anything malicious. Like, just say like you're taking it out of context, dude. That's all he had to say. And it, and it, I don't know why people had to blow him up about it. No, no, whatever. I mean, he'll come back eventually. Or maybe he did. Maybe he is the microwave. <laughs> I don't believe it. I know. I saw a poll that thought it was him. I just, I, I can't. I've messaged people. I'm like, I really don't think that was him. But whatever. Well, I think it's glad that we're. I'm, I'm glad that we're now uh, being inclusive to kitchen appliances in the in the fantasy baseball community because I don't think there's oh, enough goodness. now that we have a stack a microwave part of the community uh, talking about stackcasts. Like, I, I, I wish we had a full. Kitchen. I encourage like the toasters and the dishwashers and the refrigerators and the. Um, the conventional convection ovens to come into the industry as well. Oh, next thing you know, we'll have like a, like a Sporky from like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, George Foreman Grill. Ooh. Yeah, I would. I'm, I encourage. I encourage all the George Foreman grills to. Um, all right, let's rein this back in. Damn it! This is this is real, like a micro. This moment. is why you should be the host. No, I can't. I enjoy. I enjoy going this, on tangents. Okay, I, I don't do these. Ta- I don't go on these crazy tangents on my podcast. Okay. So I get to come on here and do them once in a while, but I th- you're right. I, you're right. Maybe it did need to be addressed because I think the com. I, I think it's I honestly. I'm at the point now where I think it's not fair that Matt still hasn't even come back to Twitter. Like that's that's ridiculous. Matt, come back, buddy. Matt, come back. Even though I, I haven't talked to Matt that much, I've talked to him a couple times, but I've had no problems with him. I I I miss you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I miss. Come back. There's no reason well, for you not to be back. But now he's gonna have to run. You know what he has to do is he has to hire somebody like a personal, uh, personal like whatever PR? to read his tweets. A PR, a PR guy. Yeah, thank you. He has to have like a PR person read the tweets before sending. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be that like, PR guy. I'll make it. I'll make things even. Oh worse. yeah, you. Yeah. You're the guy. Yeah, you're the one we want. I'd be the worst person. I'd be telling him do more, 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 more. You're the person who talked about the WNBA. Like really? Oh, and I, I compared the mock drafts to the WNBA. Yeah, <laughs> that's. <laughs> no that's one even weird. said anything because I because I preempted because I because they know I don't give a fuck. So. They're like, yeah. oh, if they if they start if they start coming at me for that, like they know, like, like I don't care. So um, I knew that. Yeah, that's that's. But it's funny because somebody were... somebody asked me actually responded like I'm like oh my god my tweet was um, I need to lose followers so I'm going to compare the mock drafts to the WNBA because obviously that's going to get people all sensitive about it. And um, somebody said you're actually going to gain followers from that. I think that was Zimmerman that yeah, said that actually. I was surprised. I'm like, good for that guy. Goodness, yeah, and you probably did. But you know you? what? That's that, that's an example. People <laughs> people could take that in the worst possible context because you know people why why you wouldn't say that because you're afraid people are going to take it in the worst possible context. It could be just WNBA. I find fucking boring. There's nothing like about it. It's okay to have your own opinion. There's, yes. not, there's nothing because it's because it's women. Like I'm not saying that. It's not because it's not. It's not boring because it's women. It's boring because it's fucking boring. They happen to be women playing. They're not dunking. I don't give a shit about it. It's the same thing. Yeah. I could say the same thing about yeah, CFL, Canadian Football League. Same thing as WNBA. Fucking boring. Don't care about it. Yeah. Same thing. Oh, I'll give you that. Yeah, because like it's 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 a problem because people just take your comment and put it into it. It's instantly a. It's something against a certain type of person yeah, or not. people or. That's why it's that, not. That's you why just the don't care microwave is so good to talk about. It's such a great example because it's the same. You can use it as like a as an analogy for all these other type of comments, but you can talk about it because it's not against any type of like race or, or minority. It's about, it's just against baseball nerds. That's all it is. So like no one cares about baseball nerds. Well, I mean, I've become one. So thanks. So I yeah. am one too. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's uh, no, I know what you mean. But all right, let's get back on topic. Seriously, we have like ten minutes left at most. Yeah. So, is there anything you want to hit on, or do you want to just get out of here? Uh, no, I want. Uh, did, think... you, did you did um, you give me all your thoughts on recency bias? Like, uh, did you want to talk about? Any I other think players? I think it's over. Uh, we can talk about it as a whole with draft strategy because there's so many players you could break down. I think some of the I think a lot of the players that struggled, the Bryants, the Biases, all of those, I totally expect a discount. I expect, and they should fall a little bit, but. I don't just suddenly believe that these are who, this is who they are, so we should definitely give. We should probably take advantage of the discounted prices because I think a lot of players will bounce back with a full season while being healthy. Like I said, Chris Bryant's the big one; he's the poster child of this. If you're going to get him around one, pick one fifty, he should, he'll probably move up to about pick one about pick one hundred. I'd say when it's all said and done, when the dust settles. Because you look at around pick 100, I think he belongs there. Like almost like you know, saw like you saw Ben Attendee do this. Ben Attendee felt like 120, 130 range was up to like that 100 range. Because you know, there's a little bit of stolen bases. I don't think Chris Bryant goes from hitting what was it, what were his numbers? He's 272, 282, 295. These were his batting averages over the last few years. 292, 275. He's never hit below 272 before this year. I don't think at was he 28 years old? He's turning 29. I don't think I don't think at 29 years old he's suddenly gonna be this guy who can't hit for average. What's his contract status? I don't know. And honestly, on top of that, his career low home runs were 13, but he still probably would have hit 20 in that year had he played a full season. That was 102 games. So realistically, you're still gonna get your mid 20s home runs. You'll get your chip in speed, and you'll probably get a 270 batting average. And I'll look up his. Um, give me a second. I can look up his. Uh, I don't know if you ever use it. Spotrack. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, it's the best for that. For anybody listening, it's a really underutilized tool because um, if he's a free agent, he's, he's Arb4. So he's going to go through arbitration, and then he's a free agent at age 30, so he's going to be playing for a contract. Yeah, I have it pulled up right here. So, so he's more de- arbitration eligible right now. You, now my, my question was, do you think he could get non-tender by, by the um, – no, because the year was so the year was so bad. I think he's gonna be, I think he's gonna kind of get screwed when it comes to money this year. I think his salary is gonna go down. I think he's gonna be too cost efficient. And if he has any any type of big first half, if the Cubs are doing bad, they could trade him. So he has leverage there too. And even if he's not, and even if he's not doing bad, he's likely going to be a free agent and get them a pick, a compensation pick. Right. So, yeah, that's 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 a tough uh, that's a tough call. So I think he stays a Cub this year unless traded midseason, because the Cubs are terrible. But I don't, I just don't see. I'm sorry, like, and this is when you look at the stat cast and be like, well, it's it's all it's all uh, blue. Well, it was pretty much all for power. He kind of changed his game up to be more of this all fields guy, if I remember correctly. Like he's just I don't know it's kind of his skill set. He doesn't he could hit for power. We saw him do it nine in a year. That wasn't a fluke. He has that type of power. I think he purposely just doesn't do that anymore. Donaldson, Donaldson or Bryant? Um, I'd still go Donaldson because at this point they both have health concerns for me, but I think Donaldson has the higher ceiling. And if you look at Bryant, going back to Bryant, the big thing, the big reason why his power probably fell off this year was he pulled the ball a career low 40% of the time, 40.7, where it hasn't been that low since 2017. He really embraced going to uh, mostly pull in center. His oppo actually dropped. So it's kind of just a weird all-around season he had like his infield fly ball rate was the highest it's ever been um i bet you if i go look at his under like he just was not getting good contact on the ball line drive rate was the lowest of its career of his career with his uh, ground ball rate going up and his fly ball rate increasing as well so he was just getting over and uh, probably on top of the ball as well soft contact rate was up just was off i think it was just an off year and i think injury was partially to blame 
I think we're going to see, I think the discount on Bryant is fair, but I think you need to take advantage of it while it's really, I mean, you're talking a 10th round pick for a guy who can easily be a fifth round value again. I think he has, I'm not saying he's ever going to be a first or second round value ever again, but a guy that should probably be going the fifth round or somebody who can probably give you fifth round return. Hey, why can't he be George Springer is what I'm getting at without with a little less power, but similar batting average runs in RBI type of thing. Yeah. I think he has that George Springer. Yeah, Astros guys are guys that are losing a lot of luster and you're getting a discount. Well, Springer, you shouldn't. Springer, you should. He should be the same. Not, not Springer. He's the only one not right. Okay, he was that. He's the only one who didn't really fall off this year. He had a he had a slow start, but then picked up and killed it in the final month. He had like ten home runs over the final like thirty days or something like crazy. Yeah. So Altuve starting to concern me. Yeah, he well he's getting older, running less. It's a matter of if you believe he'll bounce back. I think again, if the price is right, I'm back in on him. But these are guys that it's like I feel like if you're gonna take Altuve, you can't take Bryant. You gotta kind of pick your poison as to who you're gonna gonna draft. I I don't think I think taking both is too much risk. I think you take one of them, and I would bounce. I would base my I would kind of be more. I don't know. I think I'm gonna be more on Chris Bryant bouncing back because I think there's a bigger discount there too. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. You're right. We don't know. But what? But I really do think Chris Bryant was dealing with injury a lot of this year, and I think that really hindered him. It's just a matter of belief, um, and I think his discount is bigger, and I think I want the bigger discount because there's a bigger chance for um, for uh, return on investment. All right. But, yeah. And you, the, on the other side, because I know you have to go like in five minutes, on the other side, guys like Swanson and others, Swanson is now showing it for like one and a half, like a, I'd say a full season or one and a half seasons that kind of is this guy now. But because the position is so deep until it's not type of thing, because shortstop is deep, but when you have like, what, six going in the first two rounds? It's not that deep anymore. Something crazy like that, right? I trust up. So Swanson, his, his, he he went real early in that first draft. I don't I don't think you have to pay that price for. Him. I think he's gonna be the Tim Anderson of twenty nineteen of twenty twenty. And what I mean by that is Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson was a guy that was going around pick one hundred, maybe around pick ninety, because of the position. Because at you know shortstop is so deep. Tim Anderson was getting dinged off of the fact that no one bought into the the, the growth at batting average. Nobody really bought into, you know, people were just kind of letting him go, again, compared to other shortstops. But because he was a power speed threat, he still got picked up relatively early, top 100 pick. Swanson is going to be in the same situation. He offers power, offers speed. The position is so deep, it's going to push him down. And he's going to become a value. He might not make it to pick 90, but you get my point. He's going to be that guy that's kind of like a, a quote-unquote fallback at shortstop that you can kind of take probably around 75, 80-ish. I think he'll probably end up falling there just because of his position more than anything else. Because shortstop just, I mean, Tim Anderson always had ranked higher overall. But when you look at your composition of your teams, most a lot of players don't, a lot of people don't play in um, middle infield leagues. You got to remember shallower formats, so that's going to affect ADP. But he's a guy that is he is he even a top? He's probably he's a top fifteen shortstop, but I don't know if he's a top ten shortstop right now, considering the position. I haven't looked at shortstop at all, so this is just guessing. Should he be? Probably. Is he? I'm going to guess he's not. I don't know if you can sort by position. I'm looking at shortstop. I'm looking at. No, I tried to. Okay. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He was like, okay, so he was like the tenth shortstop taken. He's going to shortstop deep, but it go, they go. Quick. Yeah, so okay, maybe maybe he'll get, but even what in the fourth round, he was a top fifty pick here. I I think that's fair. I didn't expect that. I expected people to over people. Were, I expected people to take like Glaber Torres and Javier Baez over him still. So that's where I was surprised, and even Cor- and even Correa. Like, if you ask me, the average fan. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I wouldn't think Correa got taken. Correa got taken out like look at look at Correa. Got yeah, taken out. 
But but if you come draft season, I would expect honestly just because of name value, Baez, Torres, and Correa to all go over Dansby. And the fact that he didn't is because you're playing with her. that's that was Correa. I expect him to because of name. No, yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, but I'm saying what I think that the masses well, will do and what the market will dictate. There's no fucking way Correa is going to go ahead of Swanson. Torres does not even close. Torres doesn't deserve to, but he will. Baez should probably because maybe. I'm going to bank on him. I give you those maybe. Maybe that happens. But you're still. I think I think Swanson settles in the fifth or sixth round. And that's that's where I would take him. I'm happy with that. Fourth round is a little aggressive, but looking at I'm not going to name the name yeah. because I'm not going to do that to them. But looking at the name we took him, not surprising, and probably should trust what he's doing because he, he's a good player. I don't. Need, I can't remember who took him. I won't. I won't do that because you mentioned you were trying to hide the name. So. Well, I tried. I'm trying my best to hide the names. I, I don't really. No, if you did. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if I did or not. But, but, I, but my, my point was is he was the tenth shortstop, but he was taken oh. in the fourth round. I see, I, see, is, I see who took him now. And being that, and that goes back to just how deep the position is. That he was the tenth shortstop, but it's really not that deep because the tenth shortstop was taken in the fourth round. That is absurd. Last yeah. year, Tim Anderson must have fallen a little more. Yeah, you, but you, maybe you can't just wait on shortstop because it's deep because they all they're all bunched up in the first couple rounds. Yeah, that's the thing. So they're really good. That's my point. Is maybe I underestimated. Maybe I underestimated the market. I thought the market would be a little behind on bumping up Dansby. So maybe this year Baez becomes the new. Um, well, where did Baez go here? Baez the went seventh, the sixth, and the seventh in the two drafts you showed me. I think. Oh, he went the fifth. Or the fifth and the seventh. The fifth and the seventh. So maybe he becomes more of the this year, or maybe Correa does because Correa keeps falling to the ten. When I posted these, think... like the, the big comment was, "Oh my God, Bias went so late." That's everyone's. That's, that's something that's sticking out at people. Like but... Drew, Drew Morris from Common Sense Fantasy Baseball, he he said, "Wow, he's like Bias in the seventh round. He's like sign me up every time." Yeah, that's why it's like I'm wondering if maybe people aren't gonna let. Swanson fall like I thought. I thought they would let Swanson fall. I really did. I thought they were going to let him be this year's Tim Anderson, and maybe they're not. So maybe Mm-mm. I was wrong. No. I thought you know I just I just assume when you think of Dansby Swanson, you think undervalued, but maybe I'm not. But you he's won't not get undervalued. Discount on Swanson this year. You're not. You're not. I, you're I not thought you were going to discount on Ezra Rosarina Swanson. Um, one one guy that um, just looking at the different um, the difference in the two drafts that I've done. Kyle Lewis went in the fourth in one draft and went in the eighth in this draft. So like, there's a huge discrepancy of where he went. I don't want Kyle Lewis in the top five rounds. So if he's going to go go there, I'm out. He really fell off, and I don't think he's as good as we saw. But I don't think he's as bad as he ended up. I think he's going to be kind of in between. I think he's going to be a solid player, but I don't see myself taking him ahead of guys like Meadows, who's falling a little bit. Pete Alonso, even Mike uh, Conforto, Fam uh, is interesting. It depends on what's going on with that situation. I mean, he got stabbed recently. That's weird. Um, I see. I have a hard time taking. Yeah, but he got stabbed. That's just weird. <laughs> like, how do you like? Really, you managed to get stabbed? Okay, dude. Um, uh, he's now he's now injury prone at strip clubs. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a new one. Ah, oh, jeez. I thought we were, what happened to social distancing. Yeah, I guess with the all these players are really sacrificing their like uh, well being to play baseball. You should be so thankful because they could get COVID during baseball, and then right after, as soon as he gets eliminated, fucking strip club stabbed. <laughs> And my favorite thing is people say that, but it's like you realize most of us average human beings are probably more at risk oh, going to the store they're, than playing baseball. Football players and baseball players, they're way safer playing the sport than they would if be they actually listen. The fuck they were doing. The problem is, is they're not listening to the things put in place. There's things put in place to keep them from getting it, and they're still just not listening because there's no bubble. 
so they're going out and still doing stuff, and that's how they're getting it. Yeah. They're not getting it because they're not getting it because they're being safe. They're getting it because they're trying to live regular lives, probably not the safest way. And probably without masks. Just, they're all fucking the same chicks too. So of course you're. <laughs> that's a whole other discussion, dude. What? But yeah, that's uh, that's a whole other discussion. But that's yeah. why my point is, is um, baseball players as a whole, they're sticking together. They get tested every day, so they know they're safe. Their families are probably getting tested, especially if they're with them. It's like you know what? Like most of the baseball players were kind of, and right now they think they're in a playoff bubble. So yeah, they're definitely. Like, that's my thing. It's like they're they're not risking much like, compared to other, the average person. I mean, do- and then you can get into the whole hype, the whole thing like teachers, doctors, lawyers first responders, etc., they're risking it way more because they're putting themselves with these people Mike, all the time. I thank you for being a first responder. No, I hate being thanked. I, you're you. welcome, but I hate it. Yeah, you know I hate being thanked. I come here, no, this I, is... This, I, I'm, I am serious. I say it like yeah. I look like I'm joking, but I'm not. I, I, dude, and I always tell, I tell people all the time, like, I appreciate, I, I'm really bad at taking compliments, I appreciate it, but let's be honest, dude, I come, I, I just got off work and came on to do this so I don't have to talk about work. I'm lucky, like, I can work from home, this is like, this is my biggest COVID risk, is my printer right here behind me. Yeah, I mean, I would say you probably get, you're more likely to get a virus on your computer, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's because you're, that's because of what you do on your personal time. On that note, um, you probably have to get to work. I do have to. I do have a call coming up at twelve. So. Um, so let's get out of here. We'll let you go. We'll talk, we can pick this up on another podcast. Right, well, we did talk yeah, like we'll an pick hour it up later. Um, before we go, <laughs> um, when you mentioned anything that you're working on, um, at, like as a quasi host here, I should probably open it up to you. You can, you can find Mike. Thanks for coming on at Mike underscore Curlin, and you and he has a base load podcast. Take it away. What do you do? I used I know to do a do, lot more. I used to do a lot more, but I'm just, I write for Rotoballer, um, taking a little bit of a break now. I've been doing a lot of video editing stuff, just having fun with that. But uh, other than that, I am working on, like, the reason why I'm talking about player profiles is because I'm putting together a part of Mike uh, Simeone's SP Streamer's uh, draft kit. I'm writing up pretty much the hitting side of things. So I'm doing positional breakdowns, tiers, and then I'm going to discuss how I break down hitters, kind of the, for those who are interested in my process. So you'll be able to see the method behind the madness. So what are you, um, you going to call you, like, you tell streamer? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to definitely be, but I am going to be doing a lot of like, that. That's a great name. Util streamer? Well, there, I, I saw a bullpen streamer already, and too. somebody has mentioned I should do Util streamer because I love talking about hitters because I don't they really do a lot of pitching. Streamer? Someone told me I should do that because I do a lot of hitting. Oh, no. I have no idea. Okay. I've never heard that term. I just, I just someone mentioned I, I should do that. Like, well, yeah, no, I've heard, like, one other person, no, I had a friend of mine text me about it. Like, so it's just funny that happened to be you that said it. Because, like, two people have now said that to me. Because I'm always talking about streaming hitters. Well, streaming always talking about hitters. I had one, but it's, it's, doing it daily is redundant because half the time it's the same player. Like, oh, I want to pick this player. Oh, they have another great matchup. I'm going to pick them again. Like, that's kind of cheating. So I'm going to – I want to transition it to weekly. Well, that's a whole other discussion. Anyways, he mentioned it. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. Appreciate you listening as always, guys. And, um, yeah, I just walked us out. So you can end the show whenever you're ready. Perfect. Ha, ha, ha.